Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games from the most beautiful boys you know. I'm Ben and with me here today is Dave, the bubbly master, Landon. Hello, hello, Dave. Hey, how are you? Some people have referred to you as Dave Lame and I'd like to say I don't agree with that. Well, one person has. One person has referred to you Who as Dave Lame. Who the fuck said that? It was Justin, our buddy Justin. Fuck him. He, he misread his name one time in Twitch chat and thought it was Dave, Dave Lame. Dude. And now that's I a was thing. watching him play Stardew Valley on stream once um and he he adopted like a dog in the game and he decided to name the dog dave lame because yeah. i was wow. i was the only active person in his chat wow <laughs> dude, dude so between kind of lived on it's it's endearing though I, i'm okay with it um Sorry, he, he i i could just be another dave but uh to justin uh who's an important person in my life i uh you know, I'm 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 someone he remembers. You're Dave Lane. So I'm okay. Yeah. With that. I'll let it slide then. Uh, Dave, before uh, hello, Brandon. What's we got to bring you in here too? How you sure. doing? I'm good. Good. I need to. I need you and I to ask Dave a question together. Okay. Um, Dave, a minute ago you stood up and went to get some WD-40 for your chair, which is totally fine. That's not what the question's about. But when you stood up, it it appeared as if you were wearing capri pants. Was that <laughs> is that accurate? What are those? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Uh, okay. I have two pairs of these, and I don't really wear them that often. But it's it's been kind of cold in 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 the new house in the basement, anyways. So uh, you know, I've wanted to keep my legs warm, but then I've also been moving around a lot. So capris kind of allow me to have the best of both worlds. Uh, these I, aren't. It, it's also balanced out by the fact that these are these are hunter green capris, so they kind of look like I kind of look like an army dude, yeah. and they have cargo cargo. Oh. Um, pockets on the side. What kind so, of cargo are you carrying with you? <laughs> nothing. They're bubbly. just bubbly. Just in case I'd like just to. Bubbly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cans of bubbly at the ready for Dave Lame. Yeah. You never know. And I'm not wearing socks either, Ben. So there. I did Ooh, notice look that. Look at them dogs on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't we know why you had to put them up the to the dogs, camera, dude. We just <laughs> nobody else saw that, but we, we we sure did. Well, Dave, there were some requests to see a picture of your new room uh, from the Discord. I said some requests. I think it was one person just one yeah. uh, asked if they could see a picture of your game room. So if you choose to do that, maybe you could also grace them with some Capri shots as well. <laughs> I'll make sure my, I'll make sure my feet are in the pick. But, yeah, no, dude, the yeah. dogs cost the dogs cost. Don't, <laughs> yeah, you got to charge give them that, dude. Don't give them that. Uh, there's a couple more. I, I, I am flattered that people want to see what this looks like. Um, keep your expectations low. I'm talking about my, uh, I'm talking about my feet and the game room, but I have a couple more <laughs> things to add, and then I'll 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 take a few pictures. I, but, I noticed you know, you've added a screen summer, behind you. Yeah, last summer I was sharing pictures of a puzzle I was working on, and this summer I'm wor- I, I'm I'm showing pictures of uh, a, a new game room. So we're moving on up in the world. Let's let's see what I'll be sharing pictures of next year. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Progress at work. 
so do you have like a, your own little uh, your own little cozy nook down there where you can? I mean, I assume that TV isn't just like out in the middle of nowhere for no reason. Like you have you have a place to sit and watch that television. Uh, at the moment, no. So oh, okay. it basically is just sitting there. But we we have uh, we have a modular couch that is arriving uh, later this week in sixteen separate boxes. Oh wow, Jesus. So the couch that's currently upstairs will be coming down here. So it will be a, a cozy little little area. To, is it a love uh, sack? Yeah. Um, it'll also be a, a place to watch Harry Potter um, <laughs> soon. So uh, I, love sack. I met the brand. Did you? Was that? Were you playing off of my play? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Okay. I just thought you were using that term generically. No, it's from a company called Cozy. I think they're Canadian, okay. but I'm sure it's the same idea. Yeah, love sack is a. They make these like giant, and I mean legitimately giant bean bag yeah. chairs. But they also make modular couches yeah. that. Uh, are supposed to be really nice and they have like a good warranty on them. I've never sat on one of those. The beanbags, there was a while in college where I was crashing with a buddy and I slept on a love sack with his dog, like, I don't know, probably for two or three months straight. And it was great. I never felt like I was in a beanbag. I felt like I was, well, I wasn't a beanbag, but I felt like I was, you know, I was comfortable. Right. They're also insanely expensive. By the way, I didn't mean straight. Like I never got out of the love sack, like some kind of fat bastard. Sure. uh, Imitator. I met like, you know, every night I slept in it for several months straight. Dave, where is the gamers only sign in your new lair? (laughs) I don't have that yet. (laughs) Okay. All right. There's still time. Yeah. Yeah, There's we'll, still time. We'll find one. But uh, sorry, speaking of beanbag chairs, this is kind of related, not related. But uh, when I think of beanbag chairs, I think of the 90s, mm-hmm. um, a really impractical thing that I always wanted to have. They're super comfy, but not for long. Um, I was at a friend's house a few weeks ago, and you know what they had that I hadn't seen in a long time was a lava lamp. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. those are so sick. Why did we get rid of those? I don't know. I, I don't like know. them. Dude. They, they, they and beanbag chairs need to make a comeback. Dude, I had a lava lamp and I was too impatient when I was a kid um, for it to heat up. And so I shook the shit out of it. And have you ever <laughs> shaken a lava lamp? Do you I know, feel like I have, but I don't remember anything bad happening. Do you anything. know what it does? It kind of ruins the lava lamp. It's, <laughs> it's not supposed to be shaken. Um, so I promptly returned it to Walmart. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, it, it was a happy ending. I didn't get a new one. Like I didn't trade it in. I was like, all right, I'm 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 done with the lava lamp. I that's a phase I, in your life. I had my one chance to get one, and I kind of soiled it. I forget what it was or why, but I remember when I was like probably 13 or 14 years old, I told my mom when I had my own place that all of my furniture was going to be inflatable furniture because I wow. thought it was like there was I, there must. Here's what I'm guessing it was. We were at a store. I saw like an inflatable chair and wanted it. And she said no, and I told her that that was going to be what, everything I had when sure. I was an adult. So yeah, uh, that was that did not end up being the case. Uh, I do not have inflatable furniture. Damn, dude, um, missed opportunity. I think that look as as I'm a I'm a, I run warm, you know. Sure. And I don't think that would have been a good decision for my long term outlook in life. Yeah. Because you know they sweat a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But you could have heard me coming anywhere I was. Anytime I stood up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude we speaking of beanbags we had these um this was so 90s we had these beanbags that we would sit on and play like ps1 and ps2 games they were blue faux leather oh, beanbags, dude just just like light blue like baby blue yeah oh dude bringing back memories man we had some crazy shit we also had those like rocky chairs oh dude did, mike did you guys have those do you know how i sit- never had one do you, 
do you know how like way later in the game they'd, they'd have like speakers in yeah. them and shit I, I was never privileged to have that but i would always turn that shit upside down and like like ride it like a skateboard and shit yeah i think i almost broke it a couple probably times, but we had some cool some cool sitting apparatuses as kids my, my mom found that i don't know a yard sale or a thrift store or something two identical barely used uh of those little gamer chairs for kids oh yeah and bought them for my kids and they used them for like a couple weeks and would use them and like the one i even bought like a long aux cord to run from the tv to the chair so then you could run the headphones from the chair to your headphones mm-hmm. and like i mean what that cost me like eight dollars probably i don't know <laughs> but you know like i was trying to like set it up for them real nice and everything and they, they just they're like they think they're people my children and they just can sit on the couch or something yeah that's a little weird i don't know how that's right to, i don't know were those rocking gaming chairs supposed to be for kids because i had one in the house i grew up in and uh i i sat in that thing until i moved in with my wife dude there's uh, nothing so wrong with that bro. i played I through know. the entire assassin's creed series in that thing i think and i was like three feet away from the screen yeah um i don't know that they're only for kids but these ones i think are specifically for kids like it was like a, it looked like a racing chair but it was it was it rocked oh, so i yes. just had it on yeah. the carpet and just it was the most comfortable yes. thing it's plastic completely plastic but it oh was just no so this comfy. one's like this one's got like fabric and electrical parts and it's got a pouch in the back for your controllers and stuff god damn that, yeah. is, that is the game i think she literally got them for like five bucks a piece dude speaking of shout out to fucking moon chairs i still got one of those in my house moon chair wow. yeah. what's a moon chair dude you know the ones that like th- am i the only one that knows what this is i mean it has I like it has a few legs that, I, that I, are like this, this and intriguing. it and it's a circle and it like goes down in dave do you know what this is Anybody? oh yeah yeah okay we still uh, have one at the house, and it's literally from Lauren's childhood. I don't know how it has not broken. Wow! But I love sitting on it, and the dog loves sitting on it. With I gotta me too. Google that now. Yeah, dude. Moon chair. That's another uh, low key lit. Um, wow, low key lit. That they is make, exactly like, what it is. Camping moon chairs oh, now that are really yeah. comfy. Dude, I'm telling you, they're they're awesome. I think I sat in this when I was at your you house. You probably one time. did. Yeah, I love it, man. We just fold it up and put it in the corner when guests come out and we need extra seats. You know, my ass is sitting in that mood chair. Well, this is the HP podcast, a show about gaming, sitting devices and Dave's legs and feet. No, and we can't uh, make it about feet again. They're going to say something. <laughs> well, the, Stop it. The title won't be about feet. All right. And the thumbnail definitely won't be about feet. They're going to mention the it. thumbnail was just Dave's no. capris that he's wearing. What do they call those? Do they call them capris? For they men? call them Tactical cool guy pants. Yeah, they Super call them cool big dick boy pants. pants. See, if 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 there's a flood, you guys are gonna have wet trousers. You're no, gonna I'm not gonna go in the flood. Money, so, I was in a flood once. It wasn't fun. Yeah. Anyway, but I, bet, is... I bet I bet your the, the cuffs of your pants were wet. And mine were. They probably so. were. Uh, the crotch of my pants was wet. <laughs> in fact, dude, you should have got crotchless pants because my see? crotch is so low. No, that's crotchless capris. Make it happen. Oh my god! Come on, fashion, make it happen. This is the HP Podcast, a show about video games and all sorts of other stuff sometimes. And uh, come join us. Hang out in the Discord. You can see pictures of Dave's legs uh, if you want, maybe. Uh, if he wants, really. <laughs> You're signing him up. Dude. Yeah, he's going to sign up for this. Uh, and uh, if you really uh, want to pay Dave for the use of his leg pictures, you can do that over at patreon.com slash handsome fan. You can sign up there for as little as a dollar a month, ad-free, early access to the show. We appreciate y'all. Let's get into the video game stuff. 
it's already been almost 12 minutes. And I said this wasn't going to be a very full show, but I think that the chair talk, you know, dude, fuck it. I don't I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, however, absolutely. Whenever we have light news weeks, we always are like, oh, where are we going to talk about? It? And those end up being our longest shows. And I think yeah, yeah. Hour 10, I'm calling it. <laughs> Number one, from software's latest game, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon has made a strong start on Steam, largely attributed to the success of Elden Ring, another from software title. Fires of Rubicon quickly rose to the top of Steam's best-selling games chart shortly after its launch, although it has now slipped to fifth place. Its initial performance managed to dethrone Baldur's Gate 3 from its top spot. The game marks the return of Armored Core series after an 11-year hiatus and is particularly significant since it follows the releases of renowned titles like Elden Ring, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, and Sekiro. Bandai Namco, the publisher of Fires of Rubicon, has had high expectations expectations for this game due to the recent success of From Software's games, etc., etc., etc. Boys, uh, I knew that Armored Core was going to be big. I assumed it would be good, and both of those things because it was coming from From. But uh, that's pretty crazy. But what I want to talk about is, and we could talk about that, of course, too. I feel like we're constantly seeing Steam records broken. Every other month, it feels like there's a game that comes out. It's like it just topped this Steam, Steam World record or whatever. I think that's kind of crazy. Brandon, we'll talk about the actual game later. Sure. Uh, in the what you've been playing section, since you've been playing it. But uh, what do you what do you make of Armored Core reaching the pinnacle? Yeah, yeah. No, this is great. I think to kind of touch touch on what you said there about the steam i think there is something to that though um i think that the rise of pc gaming um it's always been around and i feel like year over year pc gaming becomes um not only more affordable um but more viable uh, in a lot of ways for people um and this is kind of why i think we're seeing this new influx um of steam players month over month um kind of gravitating towards these games that end up being popular so I think there's something to that. Um, I could be wrong, but um, that's kind of the vibes I'm getting. But good for them. I'm super excited to see that they had a strong, strong launch. Um, not surprising because From Games always do pretty well. Um, and in the recent years, they've done even better. I mean, for God's sakes, it won uh, one of their games, one game of the year last year. Yep. Um, it kind of sweeped in a lot of categories. So, um, and one of my favorites of all time, Elden Ring. So I was eagerly. Um, awaiting the day this would be released um, as someone who has had no experience with the Armored Core series. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. I'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, yeah. yeah, glad to see that even though I would imagine that a lot of people haven't played the Armored Core series or haven't in a long time, so to right. see that they came out with something, um, I know the the title even, you know, getting into a game that that has a six on the end right like me playing final fantasy if i play those i'm like i'm intimidated by that so to see that that hasn't stopped anybody um is really great and i guess i shouldn't be surprised after all the things i said so dave what are your thoughts on uh, armored core ripping through the steam charts yeah it's um i'm kind of surprised uh that it's 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 evidently sold as well as it has um, simply because I, I, you know, th- this game seemed to be getting quite a bit of buzz, but I, I thought it wanted, would have been one of those games that kind of just kind of fizzled out a little bit when it, um, when it launched, but it's, uh, it's, I, I got to agree with you, Brandon, on the, um, on sort of the steam 
uh, charts constantly like having a new king. Um, it just because it, it seems like a lot more people are playing on PC than they were before, and PC building has just gained so much more traction and popularity. Um, so I definitely agree with you there. I do kind of wonder how this game would have done if it wasn't a from game. Yeah. And and you could say that about any kind of game that comes from a big developer, but um, you know, it really doesn't have any of the recent pedigree that that you know from games have. So I know that's a silly thing to say, but I do kind of wonder how successful it would have been if it was just an armored core game. Um, but I'm I'm kind of curious, and we don't Even really have to get the it. same game, but with a different developer name on it, like the exact same game, everything. Yeah, the same. like how much of it is is you know people coming in who i, I know they aren't expecting a sa- the similar experience that they get from a soulsborne game but it's um it's just one of those things but i'm i'm kind of curious like for you brandon and you don't really need to, if you're going to get into this later when we talk about what we've been playing but like yeah do you feel like pieces of of like soulsborne dna in the game and I, I know this series was long established before sure um you know demons and dark souls but i'm curious like do, do you see anything in the game that's like oh that's like his patches in the game <laughs> not right. ob- not that obvious but uh you <laughs> right, know that right. kind of stuff um not that i've seen so far no patches i i genuinely hope there is um that would be amazing if we got a little a little homage but um i think that the dna is in the game maybe not in the way that might be uh, apparent to most people i think that from games shine because they have very tight mechanics and that's kind of what all of the games share regardless of the minutia of the game itself and even the moment to moment doesn't have to be identical i mean even a game like sekiro and any of the souls games like are they similar in a lot of ways yes are they different in a lot of ways very much but what remains is the very and it's not even about being unforgiving. It's just like very consistent gameplay that is rewarding because it is so consistent. If that makes sense. I don't know. And I feel like Armored Core is no different whatsoever. Um, There's been games when, you know, everyone's like, oh, the game fucked me, right? And that certainly does happen. And you say that just because you want to feel better about dying. But I feel like a lot of the times when I'm playing Dark Souls or, you know, any from game in general, whether it be Elden Ring or Dark Souls or Sekiro, it's like I never feel like the game cheated me out of it. I feel like I needed to better my skills. It wasn't a lacking it wasn't something that was lacking of the game itself. It was me. And that was very apparent. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So yes, to answer your question. Yes. I feel like it, it has the same exact draw that these games have because it is um, so precise in a lot of ways. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, the constant through the, from through all the from games I've played or watched or, you know, whatever. So, definitely a mark of quality the nintendo seal of excellence as it were in in a way yes speaking of nintendo number two in a remarkable achievement the nintendo switch has surpassed the lifetime sales of the wii in the u.s making marking its sixth year on the market as a resounding success According to data from Circana, which, by the way, is now MPD Group's new name. I don't know why. The Switch's strong growth in the U.S. video game industry has allowed it to overtake the Wii's total sales figures. Nintendo Switch has not only exceeded Wii's total U.S. sales, but it's also closing in on other popular previous generation consoles, 
It's currently trailing the 360 by less than a million units and the PS2 by fewer than 5 million units. I don't know if you quite see that. Five more million units, especially if they're going to announce a new Dude, one. Dude, that's, that's what we said about the Wii, though. Remember when we talked about these numbers and we're like, oh, they're trailing by a bit. We don't know if they're going to be able to make it by the end of the year for the yeah. Wii. And then they... That was worldwide, though. Was it worldwide? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Nintendo Wii's success is well known, having sold over 100, mil- 100 million units worldwide. Its popularity was largely due to in- Nintendo's innovative Blue Ocean strategy. The Switch's robust performance this year is attributed to hit titles like Tears of the Kingdom, which has significantly boosted console sales. Additionally, the increased availability of the Nintendo Switch and other consoles has played a role in the success. Uh, we don't have exact U.S. sales figures, but Nintendo has announced more than 129.5 million units have been sold globally, with around 49 million units sold in the Americas. What an insane number. Dave, since you're the Switch connoisseur, master, knower of all things... What do you think about about the Switch and where does it go from here? Yeah, I mean, Switch has that strong third-party lineup that uh, really powered it. Through. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I think the library is what makes the difference here. And I, 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 I suspect there was a lot of people who, you know, in the mid-2000s bought a Wii and it came with Wii Sports and they never bought another game. Yeah. Um, I feel like Switch had the library or has the library to really kind of sustain interest. Um, whereas we kind of didn't have enough to keep the casuals coming back and really didn't have enough to, you know, kind of utilize the new mechanics that the Wii controller had um, or keep kind of hardcore gamers stuck around. Whereas I feel like the Switch really strikes that balance a lot better. So I think this is why. Um, the Switch has sold better than the Wii. I do think that the, in any case, the Switch and every subsequent Nintendo console that comes after the Wii uh, owes a lot to the Wii. Yeah. Um, I think the Wii really normalized having a home game console again. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think the the Wii sort of walked so the Switch could run. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to see this because, again, I think the Switch just has such a strong library of, of again, mostly third or first-party games. But, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty – they're pretty incredible numbers, and I suspect this is this is going to be the case worldwide, whether we see this, um, this record kind of shattered at the end of this year or the end of the following year um, because, yeah, the Switch is just – it's just, it's so easy to play whenever, wherever, um, and the Wii didn't have that, so, yeah. Yeah. Brandon, uh, a well-known lover of all things Nintendo. Absolutely. We've got multiple iterations of the Switch at this point. Mm-hmm. We've got the Switch, the Lite, multiple different SKUs of the Switch with different, you know, themes. We've got the OLED, etc. No doubt some of these copies are being sold you know, multiple, multiple, one person buying multiple of them. I myself have purchased three. Right. Um, sure. I mean, I purchased one for myself, then sold it to my son, purchased another one for myself, then I upgraded to the OLED eventually. So, you shill, know, shill, shill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the case, but that's still, I mean, we still got 142 million or whatever it is out there uh, so far. Yeah. Do you think? All these rumors are coming about. I saw a rumor today from uh, Jez Gordon saying that he was under the impression that uh, some outlets had got to take a look at the successor to the Switch at Gamescom. Mm -hmm. 
when when that rolls around the switch is it still going to sell a bunch of copies are they still going to sell a bunch of units yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean it's just nintendo at this point let's be honest the king's been dethroned uh-huh. the wii the wii well the ps2 is the king sorry let well right <laughs> i get it let's like just be DVD player let's just be honest about the wii u for a second guys they had a revolutionary, and I'm not minimizing it, they had a revolutionary gimmick that caught on like no other console. The Wii U? The Wii. Okay. The Wii U sold like 9 million units or something. I know. Yeah. But they had a revolutionary gimmick that worked, and it propelled them into the mainstream. Um, I, I doubt that Nintendo even assumed that this sort of thing would be, um, would be happening to them back then. Um, and in a lot of ways, the Switch has a similar gimmick as to being able to play it on the go. Um, but what the Switch has that the Wii does not is what Dave said, the better selection of software. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of what's helped to propel it um, above and beyond the Wii. Um, in a lot of ways, we'll continue to propel it above. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see what the... And we had some good games. No, no. And I'm not... Like I said, not minimizing, right? Because there were some hits, but right. at the, but at this point, I can confidently say that there is much, much, much better software for the Switch, yeah. than there ever was for the Wii U, ten times over at this point, yeah. Um, you know, and that just has to do with time and you know the way things work now. But um, as far as the Switch Two goes, I'm eagerly awaiting some more news about it. Um, I myself, I don't know that I'm super excited for it, but I probably will end up shilling for it as well. You're 100% going to buy it immediately. We will see. Um, I think that Nintendo has a bright future, and anyone that knows anything about games knows that. Um, So I think if they sell anything, if they sold you a a paper plate, uh, we'd we'd probably buy it. Well, as long as it has Mario's face on it. Yeah, Actually, I guarantee there are paper plates with Mario's face on it. (laughs) Kids' birthday parties, adult birthday parties. So, um, yeah, this is just just truly mind-boggling numbers from Nintendo, um, and it kind of continues to cement them um, in the the Hall of the Greats, man. Um, Many have fallen off over the years. R.I.P. Dreamcast. Yeah. R.I.P. Jaguar. Yeah. and uh, yeah, we're uh, sticking around for a bit longer. So, you know, what's insane. And I don't have any numbers on this, but the numbers they put out recently, we talked about it on the show. I just have to reiterate it. The attach rate for some of the first party games. See Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 selling like 50 million units. A third. Mm-hmm. I, and, and granted, remember what I said earlier, like there are at least a couple million units that, that belong to someone who already owns a different switch. Yeah. But the attach rate even even 33% at minimum yeah is absolutely insane dude they they pump their own ip like nothing else and they should they should yeah um and i'm not about exclusivity right but in this case i would say any other developer right now there's not usually a good case to be made for exclusivity but the way nintendo has set up their ecosystem it works yeah and it works better than it ever would and i'm you know i know this is an alternate reality i'd never be able to play mario on my ps5 but like i'm saying never say never it would you never know i don't even know that it would make sense for them right you know it it would make more sense for xbox at this point to try and put game pass as we've heard little rumors about i i I don't know if there's any validity to it it would be kind of cool but 
in this case, I think in some ways that would benefit Xbox way more than it would oh, benefit Nintendo. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's kind of crazy to think about, especially with how big Game Pass is, is to think that, you know, it would be more of a benefit to Xbox to be on Nintendo than Nintendo would get a benefit from it. Yeah. So, yeah, just kind of crazy to think about. Um, as much as I hate Nintendo, um, <laughs> give them a lot of shit. Um, they do it like nobody else. Yeah. And that's just completely apparent. Um, I just see them for what they could be. Sure. Um, and uh, they don't need to be. Maybe we'll get up to 1080 on the next Just maybe console. we will get to where YouTube was 10 years ago um, <laughs> next year in 2024. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Number three, speaking of Xbox, great news, Xbox players who don't have any other gaming systems, which is a lot of people. I, that, that sounded derogatory. It wasn't meant to be. But anyway, great news. Uh, if you've been waiting for Baldur's Gate 3, Larian Studio founder Sven Vink announced on Twitter that a solution has been found to bring the game to Xbox Series X and Series S this year. The announcement follows discussions with Phil Spencer, who clarified that feature parity wasn't a strict requirement. The game will have all improvements, including split-screen co-op on Series X. However, Series S won't support split-screen co-op due to hardware limitations, though it will enable cross-save progression between Steam and Xbox Series. The solution was devised after challenges in making split-screen co-op work smoothly on the less powerful Series S hardware. Earlier, there were concerns that the game might not arrive on Xbox this year due to perceived feature parity requirements. However, Spencer clarified that parity wasn't essential and expressed confidence in finding a solution. As a result of these discussions, Baldur's Gate 3 is expected to launch on Series X and S by the end of 2023, with the split-screen functionality removed from the Series S version to ensure a smooth release. Dude! I don't want to interrupt you, but before you kick it to Dave, yeah, what the fuck did we just talk about with Microsoft Studios a week or two ago? Yeah. They took out split-screen functionality from Forza Motorsport. Entirely. Entirely. Yeah. What the fuck is this? So they're willing to do it for a third-party studio, but they're not willing to do it for their own studio? Well... That's that's fucking weird, man. Yes. That's fucking weird. But it may also be that Playground couldn't get it working for Series X either. And, that, that could be the possibility. And if that's the case, that's fine. Right. Oh, dude, that, 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 I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like that is super fucking weird. It's like this game blows up in the mainstream and they're like, we got to get this on our console. We got to get yeah. it on our console. And we're going to like, dude, because it's a first party studio. Right. I, I don't know if if they can't get it. That's one thing. And I know they would probably never want to say that. Right. But am I the only one that thinks it's a little bit strange that now all of a sudden we're like, oh, parody's not that big of a deal. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, and Dave, will kick it to you. Phil Spencer coming out and saying that, oh, you know, parody actually isn't required. Um, then why? Why? Uh, first of all, why isn't it required? Because, you know, let's say I bought a Series S thinking it was going to do the exact same thing as the Series X, just less powerfully. It's next gen, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and two, um, why didn't you mention this before, Phil? Like, I don't I don't know, Dave. What, what's your read on the situation? Yeah, I mean, just taking a step a bit further back, um, I think we're going to be hearing more about this. Developers moaning and groaning a little bit when they you know are trying to make a game fit on both a series x and a series s 
And I think Microsoft is going to continue to push back because I suspect Microsoft sold a whole lot more Series S than they thought they would have. Um, and I think the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons. One, you know, there was the obvious supply chain issues um, that we had early in this, this generation where, you know, the Series X and the PlayStation 5 were so hard to get your hands on, but Series S were still fairly easy to buy. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, we're kind of in the middle of a global recession right now. We're approaching one or whatever. Uh, Series S is the cheaper option and it's being marketed as a next gen machine. Um, so I think the install base with the Series S is higher than Microsoft had initially anticipated. And as a result, they want to continue to see these next gen titles launch on both consoles and they want it to be um, a as close as a like for like experience as their customers can get. Um, so I think this is kind of an unfortunate situation that Microsoft maybe didn't anticipate. I think they maybe thought, and I thought the same thing when these consoles were launched, like Series S was kind of like the entry level thing, but most people are going to stick with the X. Um, but I, I, again, I suspect there's a lot more out there than, than people think. And, and Microsoft just kind of, you know, if, if Microsoft conceded to these developers and said, okay, make it for the Series X, then a lot fewer people are going to buy it on this console. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to see more of this, and I think it's a sticky situation for Microsoft. Um, but, yeah, as for, you know, the, the specific feature that they they augmented in order to make it on both consoles, I mean, again, I said this with the Forza thing, but maybe they, they kind of thought, okay, um, that isn't as popular a feature. Maybe it is a little bit more with a game like Baldur's Gate, but generally speaking, that'll be okay. People will still play it if it doesn't have that um, feature. So, um, but yeah, I think Microsoft's in, a, in an odd situation here and it's, I think it's only going to get worse. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's a lot of people like me who like, I'm kind of waiting for, again, again, I've said this for years. I got the Series S because, you know, when that mid-gen upgrade comes, I'll be more, um, kind of reticent to go and jump on that for, you know, the Xbox Series Z or whatever it might be. Um, because, you know, I've only spent a couple hundred bucks on this. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a sticky situation for sure. Little did you know that Microsoft was going to tell everybody they weren't making a mid-gen refresh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's not guaranteed. It certainly isn't. Yeah. You just got to ride the PC wave and have to upgrade your PC every year, you know? Yeah, dude. That's so strange, bro. <laughs> you don't really have to. It just there's new parts for it every year. No, I mean the situation. Oh, the no, yeah, no. I yeah. I think the problem in the main source of the problem for me is how non-descriptive they've been with everything. And like they've said, it's been essentially marketed as a next gen title. And I feel like they're up against themselves essentially because they have wanted to have parity up until this point. Yeah. But now we're seeing a bigger divide, and it's like so it's not more powerful than it was at launch or less powerful. There has always been this divide. You've just falsely made it seem like they're closer than they are. If games, you know, it's about marketing and I get that, but like, I don't know. Part of me just thinks it's a tiny bit scummy to, if games are having these problems, this has been a problem since launch is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like if it was more apparent and I guess by the price, you could probably assume. Sure. I mean, they, they market it as having some less stats in certain areas. But yeah, to the layman. Sure. 
Um, I feel like this is the problem that they are coming up against right now. Oh, the disk drive must cost $200. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. I always thought it was weird from the beginning that they decided to do this. But now I think it's rearing its ugly head. And for some games, it's no problem at all. I understand that. Yeah. But I just would hate for people to buy this thinking that, you know, they could have certain experiences and not know. You know what I mean? Because that that's certainly the case for a lot of people. Sure. Um, I can tell you, you know, in my uh, conversations with other developers, wink, wink, hint, nod, maybe it was me. Uh, when you're uploading a game to Microsoft's backend, there are separate slots to put in a Series S version and a Series X version. And to my knowledge, there's nowhere that says they have to have feature parity. You're just supposed to distinguish the differences in the description. So, so I don't know. I mean, and this, I've certainly not read every support document, the games that I've been, uh, wait, sorry. The games my friend told me about that he was responsible for uploading to Microsoft store, um, did not have that many feature differences. So, you know, so there's certainly, but I've never, uh, heard of anyone seeing it on the, on the back end. So now that we've kind of broken the seal, on not having parity, yeah. does that mean do we live in a world where games can at some point very soon be more optimized for the equivalent of other consoles? If we no I longer mean, play the parity game, right? Yeah. And this is just complete hypothetical. I don't even think it makes sense. Yeah. But let's say, for instance, you could have a higher frame rate on PlayStation 5 on Call of Duty yeah. than on Series S. Sure. Now we're running into some problems. Well, don't you already have that? No, to an extent. Because with Starfield, they were having a higher frame rate for Series X than on Series S. But I guess... Or was that frame rate or just fidelity? I'm thinking more of in a multiplayer sense right now, Oh yeah, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. It just gets sticky real quick. Right. Um, And even if there's always not been a requirement for parity in Xbox... They've certainly not been forthcoming about that. Well, developers, till uh, now. by and large, have certainly been under the impression that there was. Right. Yeah. So I guess they kind of uh, had their cake and ate it too, and they you know, got away with it for as long as they could, I suppose. And yeah. now, that, um, now that there seems to be a bigger divide, um, it's yeah. kind of... Agreed. They had to make a choice. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Speaking of Starfield and Xbox, number four, the individual known for leaking 45 minutes of Starfield gameplay has been arrested for handling stolen goods, which reported reportedly included copies of the game 
that he attempted to sell online. Darren Harris, age 29, was apprehended by the Shelby County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office on charges of theft of property valued between $2,500 and $10,000, theft of property valued at $1,000 or less, and possession of marijuana. Prior to his arrest, Harris had been seen listing multiple copies of Starfield, including the Constellation Edition, on the Japanese e-commerce platform Mercari. Despite the charges, leaked footage of Starfield remains available online, so it's advisable to be cautious about spoilers if you want to avoid them. It's scheduled to launch for PC and Xbox Series X and S on September 6th. Uh, Brandon, I wanted to, to bring this to your attention. Sure. Because I think the more egregious thing than this person having stolen copies of Starfield and selling them and leaking footage is that they, they, they obviously knew he had Starfield. And they still busted them for weed. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, that's kind of fucked up. You're already, you're already charging my boy a felony for the amount owed. Yeah. You couldn't just let him slide just this once. So you just got one joint, dude. It's fine. Dude, dude, they asked Phil, they're like, should we get him on the smoke? And Phil was like, absolutely. They Is it probably still got illegal to have weed in Tennessee? Uh, I guess Tennessee, it Possibly. must be. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it, it's state by state, dude. Phil, um, well, technically it's technically it's federal, but the federal that wasn't a federal enforcement. It, yeah. It's state by state, really. It's kind of weird in the U.S. here. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. That's I would have evergreen statement if I yeah. heard one. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that Phil probably consulted with Todd on this one, and Todd was like, "Absolutely, bust that fucker, bust that pothead right now." <laughs> I plant some not. weed on. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plant some. Was it Todd? Was like, or which one was it that they they couldn't get him on the the actual charges, so they got him on back taxes? This was yeah. like, make sure you write down the weed thing yeah. just in case we can't yeah. bust them on the Starfield uh, pirating. And, 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 and they're like talking to their lawyers. Do we have anything here? <laughs> they're like, Todd's like, I got this, I got this bag. Let's just slip it on him, dude. <laughs> yeah, he had ten constellation. Um, this yeah. is crazy, though. By the way, um, really. I would say that's a net negative for all this stuff being leaked. Yeah, um, definitely. We don't have to get too much into it. I don't think we probably will. No. Um, but there's been some very interesting things that I've seen online Yeah. Um, about the game. Um, and we will be talking about it more um, when it launches. But um, I saw one clip and I think you're talking about the same clip. And I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, it's and I'm um, trying my hardest to avoid any I dude, I will I will drop a game because I get spoiled on something inconsequential. Yeah, well, my problem is Bethesda does have a track record. Yeah, um, of just absolutely shooting your expectations through the roof. Yeah, um, and I don't want to minimize how good or bad this game might be right. uh, because we ultimately have only seen things that are pre uh, pre launch and not you know, intended to be to the public right now. Oh yeah. I'm super excited for it, but my expectations have also never been like, this is going to be revolutionary. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is going to be another Bethesda game. And yeah. it's going to be great, but it's going to be another Bethesda. Yeah. Game. So that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There's definitely some things I do want to talk about, but I'm definitely going to save it till things become more pub publicly available uh, because I don't think it's really fair right now to yeah. be talking um, with leaked things. Right. Um, but Did Dave, uh, your thoughts on on the pothead stealing Starfield and getting arrested for it? Hey, why you got to preface him like that? Come <laughs> on, man, you're profiling him. Dude. I mean, that's what the, that's probably what the police said. You know, well, of I course know. they said it that way. It's completely legal up here, so he would have he would have just been caught on the Starfield just the on the Starfield I'm, thing up here. I'm but, moving uh, to Canada. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I generally avoid leaked footage um, for pretty much anything, just because. I, in a lot of cases, I don't know if it's actually genuine. 
Um, mm-hmm. oh, I so, think this is real. Like, I don't like drawing. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon. I suspect it is. But um, like, I'm excited for Starfields. Uh, I'm not like, if something gets spoiled to me, it's not a huge deal for me. But I'm also like, I'd like to go into this particular game fresh. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's I don't know. So if if you if you buy if you pre-order this game, you can play it on Friday. Is that it, have I got that right? If you pay a hundred dollars, you could pay it on Friday. It wasn't just pre-order, it was a special edition yeah. pre-order. So imagine, for, imagine for, paying extra to play a Bethesda game early. Like I it's know. it's not even gonna <laughs> Wouldn't it's, that be crazy. I, I have concerns about launch day, let alone, you know, a week early. But right. I have played multiple Bethesda games early by getting fortunately getting review codes. And I can assure you none of them were a better experience. But then again, you know, this game maybe it'll be different. Maybe yeah, be I was perfect. dude, Todd said it was different. So <laughs> I mean it's a, you gotta believe the jacket, dude. Everything he says is is, is always just spot on. I, uh, I I'm with you guys though. I'm getting pretty excited. We just talked about the Series S. I will be playing it on my Series S, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes there. But uh, luck, I was man. watching uh, King Gathalian today on um, on Twitch, and he he on stream got like his 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 Twitch streamer pack. Yeah, and he was opening up, and they got like a jacket and like a customized Steam or Stream Deck and all this cool stuff. That's cool. So I'm definitely starting to get excited about it. I've seen some of this stuff online, but haven't watched any of the leaked footage. So yeah, it's a, it's a big moment. Um, has anyone checked on Mr. Maddie? Like, is he, is he okay? Is he, is he breathing? Is he, uh, I know this is a big, big moment for somebody like him, but it's, it's not every, every year that we get like an epic Bethesda release, uh, in the vein of like fallout or, um, Elder Scrolls, and obviously this is a new one. So yeah, it's it kind of feels like a special time, you know, the week leading up to a game like this coming up. I have talked to Mister Matty Plays, um, and obviously he, you know, he wouldn't share anything with me, uh, even though I work together oh, with yeah, him. Yeah, he must be playing it, isn't he? Uh, well, I, I mean, I think he had said that on Twitter, so right, he must be. But yeah, I don't know um, that he. Yeah, I think he was vibrating. Actually, I say I don't know that he sustained an erection for this long before. Mm, no, he's had an erection since he saw Todd Howard the first time. <laughs> it's never gone away. <laughs> the everglow of Todd. Yeah. Yeah, I know a few different people who are playing it and reviewing it, and uh, a few bad, people who bastards. aren't reviewing it who are playing it somehow, because apparently Bethesda was pretty generous with review codes. Like, um, I think it was Jeff Grubb, who I do not know personally, although I have, have I mean, I've spoken to him before, but... Um, Dude, they must not have been that generous. They why? We didn't get copies, dude. Come uh, we on, didn't ask the, no, for them. the number one podcast. I mean, in this county, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if we had asked for them, we probably we might have gotten them. Who knows? We're fucking up. Um, but anyway, I think it was Jeff Grubb. And granted, it's it's the it's the it's Giant Bomb. But usually, like they even only if they send them like a bunch of codes, it's like four or five at most. And they asked him how many codes he wanted, and he said like one for everybody who worked there, and they just sent them to him. Dude. So I don't know. And I know a lot of other people who I'm like, they got one. I know people who got that streamer pack you're talking about, and I'm like, my videos, which get very low views, get more views than that. That person. We're fucking up. What are you doing, Bethesda? We're fucking up. But I mean, that kind of tells me there's some confidence there, too. Yeah. They're always confident, man. I mean, that's I'm going to be honest that's with you. True. They are always like, but it's like, such a tone shift from the past because Bethesda, other than the two games I mentioned, I'd played a little bit early. 
Uh, one was Fallout 76 and one was New Vegas. And New Vegas was, it wasn't even Bethesda Game Studios. I guess neither was New Vegas. But um, Bethesda as a whole, though, as a publishing company, has not traditionally sent out early copies, especially not yeah. a lot of them. Didn't we talk a long time ago about how that for a little bit they were doing like uh, same day review embargoes? Wasn't that Bethesda? Didn't uh, we talk about that for Wolfenstein a long time ago? I don't remember, but I'm going to take your word for it. I swear to God. I might be full of shit, but um, everybody knows that. I'm ready for Starfield. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about... I I, I asked the audience for uh, the Discord specifically. Remi- reminder, handsomefandom.com slash Discord uh, for some questions. I'm going to pick one of them here. Um, because we have filled up more time than I expected to with talking about chairs and feet. But um, I'll ask one of them. We'll save the other one for or other ones for next week. Um, but the first one, Poot says, what is a game y'all generally really like or even love, but acknowledge it has serious issues? And then he he clarified that by saying, and not like Sea of Thieves, where it did have some serious lack of content issues, like something baked into the foundation of the game. Uh, I'll go ahead and just elaborate on that, and then you guys can answer. Uh, with Sea of Thieves, he's right that it did have serious lack of content issues before. It does not have those content lack of content issues now. But what Sea of Thieves does still have is so many bugs. I always say, jokingly and seriously, there is no other game that I would play so consistently and have so many hours in um, that would have this many bugs. For some reason, I forgive it with Sea of Thieves just because I really enjoy the things that do work. But there are so many things in the game that I'm like, that's broken. Yeah. Um, so that's one for me that like, it is a game that has serious issues, but I still play it regardless. What about you guys? Dave, do you have any examples of a game? It doesn't have to be like, a, you know, a living game like that. It can be, what's a game you love that has some serious issues? Uh, I don't know about love. I, um, like for recent, I, Outriders comes to mind. Mm. Um, that was a game that I really liked. I really got hooked into. It was like my first real platinum. Um, and I don't think that was an inherently bad game. I think it was a game that a lot of people were met on. And I, I understand why it was kind of dumb narratively it was kind of shallow from a gameplay perspective it it sort of played like a service game but it it wasn't and people can fly were um adamant that this was not going to be that so yeah i really i really enjoyed um outriders uh another game from this generation that comes to mind is is godfall um i think part of that was like Sorry, that game looked like trash. <laughs> game was it was a lot of fun. It was a fun melee game. I think it was that 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 for me might have been like a. Uh, it had the the next generation. It was the first like next gen game I played on my PS5. It looked yeah. really good. It played really well. It was a fun melee game, but most people hated that game, uh, which I know why. But um, yeah, those are two that kind of come to mind for me. Great question, by the way. Um, but yeah, Outriders and Godfall. The, the, I have one more, if, okay. if that's okay. Um, no, Dave, you're forbidden from speaking anymore. I think for this series, this was this is my favorite game from the series. Um, but I know for a lot of people, it had a lot of issues. And that was uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. I think a lot of that was because of Raiden. Uh, and I understand that um, it had some weird sort of plot 
points and things like that, but it always just from a gameplay and a narrative pr- perspective was my favorite game in the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, again, that's more of a subjective thing. It was just, you know, gameplay. Everybody loved the, you know, the gameplay in Metal Gear Solid 2 with the holding people up and, and stuff like that. But uh, even from a story standpoint, I really, really like Metal Gear Solid 2. So, yeah, I think those are the ones yeah. that come to mind for me. Another one that just came to my mind was Crackdown 3. That game was not good, but I loved it. Yeah, you love Crackdown. But I love Crackdown you in love general. Crackdown, so, bro. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Any games that have issues that you still enjoyed? Yeah, yeah I'm going to... I'm going to breeze through this one. Call of Duty. We're not going to say anything <laughs> about it. That was going to be my pick until not, I thought yeah, of you. Yeah, we're not going to say anything else about it. Um, we all know the problems. I've talked at length about them. <laughs> um, I'm not talking anymore about it. But yeah. out of nowhere, something I just thought about that is actually completely true um, is a game that fundamentally for most people is bad for this reason. Is it Neon White? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite games of last year, period. Maybe one of my favorite games of all time but fundamentally this game has a problem where when you're actually playing the game Mm -hmm. it's some of the best shit and the most fun i've ever had playing a game yeah and then when you're not playing the game everything aside from that i enjoyed it but for most people it's kind of bad you mean like the the narrative and the artwork yes i like the artwork i'm not I'm not going to say the artwork, sure. but the moment to moment, the conversations, yeah. the, the writing might have been here or there. But I feel like as a whole, like that game does not have a lot of mass appeal Yeah. Um, for that reason. I feel like if it had a more traditional and it's not not all games have to have cutscenes or have to have, um, you know, fully animated dialogue or anything like that. But I feel like at the length that it is presented in neon white, it would turn a lot of people off. And for a very good reason. Sure. Um, which is so sad because even though I love that game and I love all of it for as it is, I feel like it would really benefit from growing. And I hope that that developer actually continues like in, in the next iteration. Um, they learn a lot from that game. Yeah. Um, but uh, dude, what was my other one? I just had another one. No, I, I just want to say that I, um, I take some pride, even though, and, you know, no one will ever know except for the people listening to the show. Uh, when I started talking about about Neon White, I don't just mean this figuratively. I mean literally. I would search Twitter, and the only people talking about Neon White mm-hmm. was the Neon White account. <laughs> it was me and Neon White championing that game until a couple months after it released, right. and then it kind of blew up. Yeah. But uh, I was I was all about that game from day one. Yeah. I had another one, but I'm so pissed that I forgot it. Okay. That's but fine. We can move on. Also Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Poot. I'm not going to get into it. I played Overwatch again this week. Oh, I, yeah? Because I was playing with Lauren, and it's a game. She loves it. It's me? a game she loves dearly. And yeah. honestly, she's had a, a lot of the same complaints I've had with it. Yeah. Um, But... um. I'm not going to meander on the point, sure. but uh, yeah, just very disappointing the way things have kind of played out as someone who has been a longtime fan. I think it's less of a problem for new people of the series um, because you never knew what was. Yeah. Um, now, Brandon, Poop made you a threat in the Discord mm-hmm. and said if you disparaged Overwatch one more time, he was going to... Did I talk badly of it? Uh, this, this question is, what is a game you genuinely really like or even love but acknowledge it has serious issues i think that's poot, poot. be honest with yourself 
<laughs> listen to the question that you posed and think about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, for the audience who doesn't know, Poot uh, said he was going to purchase Call of Duty for Dude, Brandon. Th- which nobody better. This is not the first person who has threatened to buy me this game. Someone I work with. I told someone I work with who I barely even know that I was planning on not buying it and I would have to play Gollum if I <laughs> did buy it. No, no, no. If you played it. Oh, if I whatever. If I if I participated, let's say yeah. that. Um, and he was telling me how how Gollum's not that bad. He came in the next day and was like, oh, I heard it's not that bad, my buddy. And I'm just like, dude, you're missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> you're missing the point altogether. I don't want to play either one of them. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to buy it for you. So please don't. Um, Overwatch is amazing. Um, and just for the love of God, just don't spend that much money on me, please. I, I know you were joking, but that's... Please don't. Please well, clap. I just want to make a general announcement. I think Dave will agree with me Dude. on this. You're welcome to buy Dave and I any games you want at any time, and we will say thank you. But Brandon doesn't want anybody to spend seventy dollars on him. So that's just that's incredibly generous. And <laughs> and and money's safe for everyone. I know he was joking, and that was probably nowhere near being serious. But even if it was, even for a second, thanks, but no thanks. Appreciate it. Keep your money. You just know you can't have it in your Steam library and not play it and be forced to play Gollum. If it's in my Steam library, I will play it. <laughs> Um, what dude, if, I wrote, you Steam share with Dustin. That doesn't count. That come on, guys. If <laughs> if somebody on my friends list that I have Steam share with has it, I would have to download it though. True. So I think I'm in the clear. But I remember my other one. Okay, Need for Speed. The Need for Speed games in the recent years have had massive, massive fundamental problems. Some more than others. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know. It, Let's not even talk about the god awful, um, lackluster stories, cinematics, and uh, voice tracks. Um, let's not talk about the ridiculous slot machine mechanics to get parts. It's just, I love these games so much, and they're so fun um, having this awesome arcade like experience. But the vision of the series has been jumbled and out of whack for years. And even at their best, which I feel like last year's iteration, Unbound, was kind of mid. I liked it a lot, but it was kind of mid. The series really just needs to pull itself back together, and I feel like it could be back to where it was. But I do love it dearly, and I've played literally almost every single one at this point. Um, But it's just, there's a lot of problems. Yeah, There's a lot of problems. Well, let's move on to what we've been playing. I'll go ahead and start because I've only been playing. I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 still. I've probably got between 50 and 55 hours in this game now. And I'm just loving it more every moment I play. I did have a very recent frustrating point where I play. I like did something and it said, are you sure you want to go to this area? I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm high enough level, whatever. And I went there and then I finished that area and I played like two more hours and I realized that I had finished act one and not realized it and locked myself out of doing things. But I didn't get like I didn't I, I probably did, but I didn't feel like I got a clear warning that if you progress, you can't go back um, because up until that point, it hadn't been that way. And so that was a little frustrating. But hey, I'm past that. We'll get it next playthrough or whatever. Um, but I'm just oh, man. Every the story is getting really interesting to me now, but the story is not the most uh, important part to me. The the gameplay definitely is. And the D&D rule set is 
already in my brain. So it's like coming back to me um, more and more as I play more and upgrading characters, expanding those spell slots, expanding the, the combat slots, uh, figuring out different maneuvers, finding new ways to like defeat enemies, um, coming up with things other than just like forcing my way through things is just so much fun. It requires so much imagination and obviously that's a lot of like tabletop D and D how that is, but it translates to this game so well for me because I'm trying not to just like, Oh, there's a guy there. I'm going to go put him with a sword. I'm like, okay, where can this person hide? Where can that person hide? Where can this person get now? If I push this person into that person and then slash them with this three times, like there's just so much, I'm just having a lot of fun planning. Um, and, and doing a lot of that. So I anticipate I will probably spend the next, I'm, I'm thinking I'm almost done with act two now. So probably spend the next, uh, week and a half or so with it. And then on the Starfield for me, but Dave, I wanted to talk about your list next because your first game that you wrote on your list is a game that I thought, I thought between Baldur's Gate and Starfield, I was going to get to play Sea of Stars. But I do not think that's going to happen until after Starfield for me. So anyway, you've got Sea of Stars and some other stuff. Tell me about them. Yeah, um, I'll start with Sea of Stars. Uh, Just came out today on Game Pass. Um, This is a, for those who don't know, it's um, an indie retro um, turn-based game, I guess. Uh, It's... I, I it it really plays into the nostalgia factor, and I think people who grew up with games like uh, you know the SNES era Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, that kind of stuff. I think that's kind of what it's supposed to be appealing to. Uh, and that those were not games that I played. In fact, um, when it comes to kind of turn based um, uh, role playing games, uh, I think the games that I spent the most time on are. Uh, like the original Final Fantasy VII, never finished it. Uh, Octopath Traveler, uh, when I first got my Switch, that's a game I played um, quite a bit. Uh, but these are games that I don't normally play that much, so just kind of fair warning. Um, I'm about three hours into Sea of Stars again. It just came out today, and I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's 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 got a beautiful kind of visual style. Uh, again, it's all pixel like uh, kind of retro um based it's it's got a really nice soundtrack the characters are really kind of endearing you play as these two sort of um solstice warriors in training and and then you have this third friend who has no magical powers but just kind of tags along and is really kind of lovable um and and yeah i mean I, i didn't really play these games growing up very much mostly because i didn't have an snes but what i do know about these kinds of games is their stories and characters are always very um, kind of intriguing and endearing and you get really kind of swept up in, in, in them as characters. So um, I'm kind of feeling that from sea of stars so far um, combat system is, is pretty interesting. Again, it's, it's all turn-based um, you have to kind of manage your party and how they're attacking. Um, there are, different mechanics that use uh, sort of blur the lines between physical attacks and magic attacks where you can actually absorb energy from uh, enemies as you attack them. And then you can imbue your physical attacks with magic. Um, but at the same time, there's also, you know, times where you could 
uh, attack an enemy with a certain pattern of attacks. And if you do that, you stagger that enemy and then they won't attack you. So there's a lot of different kind of systems to balance as you're, as you're fighting. Um, dungeons are pretty cool. There's, there's a little bit of, of traversal based kind of puzzle solving, like stand on this platform, uh, to raise this other platform and kind of stuff like that. So nothing crazy, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to play it more. Uh, again, this isn't the kind of game I normally play, but it's on game pass and, uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of pulling me in so far. Um, I'm curious to see kind of how the next few hours play out. Cause you know, I've kind of just gone through the tutorial in the first couple of dungeons, it does get pretty tricky, but there are like relics that you can turn on and off, which basically act as, um, world modifiers that make it easier or more difficult for you. So if you're finding, you know, the challenge is a little bit too much, but you want to keep playing, then you can kind of flick those on and off. Um, one thing I'm not too sure about is in combat there, I, I think they've tried to kind of incorporate some action based mechanics where you can actually, um, if, if you press a right, as you attack an enemy, you can actually follow up with a second attack. Uh, consequently, if, if, if you tap a, uh, like when an enemy is attacking you, you can deflect some of the damage. Um, and again, I think it's kind of the developer's way of putting a little bit of action into the turn-based combat. And it, I don't know how it's hitting for me because it, it seems a little arbitrary and random. Um, it's definitely useful because sometimes, you know, if you can if you can negate fifty percent of the damage that's coming from an enemy if you just hit A at the right time, um, then that's that's great. But I I don't know how well it kind of mixes into the game. But overall, I'm having a great time. I'm looking forward to playing more. Ben, I think you should try and squeeze it in uh, even for a little bit before Starfield because I I know this is the kind of game that you definitely like to play. So, uh, yeah, CSR is really liking it so far. Well, Dave, to cut in real, there real quick, I played the demo right when it first came out and I played it through. I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is going to be... This is this is going to be great. And then I read after that that there was because I don't think the game told you, at least in the demo, that there's a blocking, you know, that there's that mechanic like the action or the time based mechanic. And so I went back and played the demo again uh, the whole way through knowing that and trying to get those extra attacks and those blocks. And I was not very successful. So I don't know if it's super precision or if I'm just stupid, because sometimes I'd get it and sometimes I wouldn't. Um, But it it seemed like one of the fights I was having a, a problem with the first time I played through the demo, uh, not really a problem, but like it just took me a little longer. The second time when I went back and played it using those mechanics, I did pretty handily defeat the the enemies. Yeah. So it does seem like it's useful, but yeah, as far as, as far as what the implementation is, I have no idea. I know um, in, it's, I had a similar experience where I died in a fight and I went back and I, I kind of focused on those deflections a little bit more and it, it, and I won made a big yeah. difference, but there, there is one other relic that you, you get early on or I got early on where um, you actually get like a feedback, like, kind of visual on screen when you properly time that okay. i felt like when i turned that relic on it got easier i don't know if it if the game actually made it easier or just getting that extra feedback helped me with the timing but um but yeah so it's nice. there and uh i guess the only other thing of note is the gran turismo movie came out and uh there is a lap time challenge in gran turismo 7 uh, in the uh, Nissan GTR Nismo thing, and he, I, I think the GTR is my favorite 
kind of car in 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 any driving game period i just really like driving that car so it's it's somehow tied into the movie i've never seen i haven't seen the movie it's it's a lap time challenge at the uh at the red bull ring in austria it's a nice small track uh so i i spent some time with that that's kind of cool because because this lap time challenge is tied in with the launch of the movie it's actually a month-long challenge so oh if i'm gonna get a gold sorry you might actually beat it then. Exactly. I might I might get a gold and and you know be thirty thirty three percent of the way closer to not having to play Redfall. But um yeah, so yeah, just see a stars and uh and Grand Turismo seven is what I've been playing. Nice. Brandon, what's up? We know what it is. But tell us about Armored Core. Armored Core. Yeah, I mean I've already talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly not a game that I've had any experience with, as I said earlier. So I, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest with you. And I didn't watch too much about it. Yeah. I watched one of the original cinematics and I really didn't watch much else aside from that. Um, I saw little clips here and there on Twitter, but uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I don't know what, what, what much to say about it. Um, it's a lot different than, other from games that I played before. And as a fan of their games, um, I think that I just kind of assumed it would be similar in some ways. Um, and I guess it is very loosely, um, but not in others. Um, I don't love that it's mission based. I think that's kind of a strange thing to experience in a game now. Um, and I feel like that might be one of the weakest points of this game is that it is mission based. Um, I feel like some of the missions are, needless um and could be tacked onto other missions but um yeah the story is fine um the from games always have decent stories that are very uh in depth but uh ultimately convoluted uh in a a lot of ways um so the story isn't really grabbing me but i guess the the biggest point is that the moment to moment is insanely fun um i never really had a huge desire to be flying around in a mech like this but Doing it feels damn good, and it looks amazing. Um, runs pretty well. I got it on PS5. I was kind of juggling back and forth whether I wanted to try it on PC or not, but I'm, I am glad I, I got it on my PlayStation. Um, yeah, it just makes you feel pretty badass, and I think that that's a line that um, From Games uh, ride very well um, is the constant loop of um, improvement um, and making you feel really cool and look really cool while doing it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I do appreciate the um, the inclusion of like the ability to have a diverse gameplay because I feel like that was one of my um, one of my least favorite parts about some of their other games like Sekiro um, is that in my opinion the combat was less diverse than I wanted it to be. I know a lot of people might disagree, um, but yeah, it's super fun, man, um, super fun, and I honestly have not had that hard of a time with it so far. Um, I'm probably saying that way too preemptively, um, but the first world boss that I guess a lot of people are filtering from, um, there ends up being like a moment in From Games where a lot of people fall off, um, and I guess the first world boss is that for a lot of people. And the I filter, have, indeed. I, didn't, I did not have trouble with that at all. Yeah, and I'm and I'm really not flexing. Like I don't I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the build I had worked really well with that one, but um, I've been stuck on this one for a little bit now, so I just got to change up um, what I'm doing. But that's kind of the fun part about it is they make it very easy to um, kind of adapt on the fly as well with the checkpoint system. Um, you can 
change your mech um, and kind of adapt to the fight as you see it. So um, really cool. Um, one other complaint is what I've seen so far has not been the most colorful. Mm. I feel like a lot of the landscapes have been very gray, um, which isn't the end of the world. But um, I had just come off the back of um, Elden Ring, which had an amazing HDR right. um, that was super, super vibrant. Um, and I was kind of hoping for that a little bit more. It's very, very possible that I've not seen all the game has to give because if it's anything like the other From games, um, I've just scratched the surface. So right. really excited to continue. I want to try the PvP at some point. Um, I think the PvP is going to be insanely, insanely sweaty as fuck as it always is in these from games um but this game is going to be no different whatsoever so yeah just just feel really cool when you're just flying around and yeah i don't know how to describe it just watch a video for a little bit and you're like someone's playing that like yeah like it, it looks crazy you're like the mobility is insane in this game and yeah. at first i was like holy fuck i like how am i gonna like keep track of what's going on at the screen i'm not just rolling around everywhere like i'm it's chaotic but like you get used to it and i i even felt myself as the hours passed kind of getting used to the um insane fast-paced twitchiness so um yeah really 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 awesome um i don't know that i like it more or less than some of their other games yet but enjoying the time i'm having so far that's for sure nice yeah i'm hoping to at least get to check it out uh, sometime after Baldur's Gate, Starfield, Sea of Stars, and Spider-Man. <laughs> we'll see. Next year. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, I think that's the show this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Don't forget, head over to Discord if you're not there already. HandsomePhantom.com slash Discord. Or if you want to help support the show for as little as a dollar a month, you can go to Handsome Phantom, or I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. Sign up to get ad-free early access there. And we appreciate it. Thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate you. And right here at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you, go over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. Right now, when you're thinking about it, nothing else happening after this. You don't have another podcast auto-playing. Okay. Leave us a review on iTunes. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 level or above. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Rainick, Christian Snow, Gravelicious, Benji Bop, and Johnny Waffles.